0: Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, To Receive Change, Move Towards Resistance. We will keep creating the same results if we don't move towards resistance. In today's episode, we will talk about why we should use resistance as our compass to new results. We will also discuss why we naturally move away from resistance and how doing the opposite will help you progress in life. So please, focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. Spring is finally here and it feels freaking amazing. (laughs) We've waited a long, cold winter, but we finally reached spring. It's just the beginning of May here. And I was outside doing some yard work and really, I've been pushing it off and putting it aside because it's just, I feel like I've been stretched, stretched for time and time seems to be my biggest asset lately. But uh, it's a beautiful day today and I decided to get out there, do some raking, do the, the yard maintenance. And, and you know what? I actually truly enjoy that stuff. And I did enjoy it when I had a lot more time as well. So it was kind of a good uh, stem of awareness for me to always keep leaning on the things that you enjoy, even if, even if you you feel like you don't have enough time for them. Like it, sometimes it's just those little things and, and it felt great. It felt great to be in the sun and, and to, to get things done. And, and then also Jess is in a purge of all our old furniture. Cause we're starting to prepare to get rid of all the furniture we currently have to, to modernize and, and get new stuff in hopes that uh, next year we're hopefully getting another property in another place that we'll move into, so she kind of wants to get rid of my old stuff that I first owned in my, my place when I was more of a bachelor, so she's putting her uh, designing touches on that and getting rid of all our stuff, but yeah, today's episode is called To Receive Change, Move Towards Resistance, so it seems a little bit counterintuitive, but there is uh, there is meaning behind it. And resistance can really be our compass to change if, if we look for that reason. And if we follow and lead into resistance, I'll describe how that can be our compass, our compass to change and our compass to something new. And, and our natural instincts, you know, uh, we really tend to run from resistance and we tend to seek pleasure. Uh, for some reason, we think life is supposed to be only pleasure, only pleasurable things. We're always supposed to be happy. And if we're not always happy and we're not always living this hedonistic lifestyle, something must be wrong. And it's almost a generalized belief, probably from a lot of marketing and media just saying, you know, portraying this perfect image of always being happy. If you have this, you'll be happy. If you have this house, you'll be happy. If you have this car, you'll be happy. If you take this vacation, your your life will be great you know, and, and so I think we've just developed this, uh, this belief and this paradigm that we're always supposed to be happy or else something is wrong. And then that can lead to, that can lead to stress, that can lead to anxiety, that can lead to, you know, lack of confidence. What am I doing wrong? Why aren't I always happy? But sometimes it's all right to, uh, to understand that, that, that it's not always, uh, rainbows and daisies. And, uh, and it's even beneficial to move to, towards resistance and towards discomfort. And I'll explain that in a minute. So a definition I found online is resistance. The ability not to be affected by something, especially in a way that prevents success or development. And the refusal to accept or comply with something. So uh, don't accept stopping at the discomfort is what I want to get across today. So the ability not to be affected by something, especially in a way that prevents success or development. Um, because when we hit that resistance in our life many times we we say, oh no, it's hard oh, it's scary, it's uncomfortable. let's 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 take a right turn. let's go back, let's retreat. there's resistance, there's a push. I don't want to be just dis- I don't want to be uncomfortable. you know where's that happy? Where's that comfort? And and that really limits us, and that really holds us back. And uh, the answers in the path to change our um, our view of success will almost always inc- involve moving into this resistance. Almost always, you're almost always going to have to experience resistance and face that, face that discomfort to to break free to something new, because. The familiar state that we're in and our familiar surroundings and our familiar attitudes and circumstances are always going to stay the same unless we do something about it. There's no way around that. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just figure itself out on its own. As much as I'd like it to happen that way, as much as I have wanted it to happen that way my whole entire life, it's just not the case. And change is something new. Naturally, we're gonna resist it. So it's it's a natural tendency to resist it. Again, probably from all the marketing, probably from these social uh, social norms that we 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 think that uh, that we're always supposed to be happy. So the reason uh, we naturally resist it is because we fear a loss of status, um, fear of what others will think if we change or if we do something different if we go against the grain you know people know you for who you are now but what will they think of you if you change and for a lot of people that's scary a lot of people don't want to move or don't want to change things because they're worried of what other people will think about them whether good or bad or different you know whether you have a good relationship with someone and you're you're hesitant to change something because you're worried of what they're going to think if you change it but is that really fair and is that really a good answer and reason so a second reason, I, I wrote down seven reasons why uh, why, it's, why we naturally uh, will resist change and why we will turn away from that initial resistance. So that was one, is, is loss of status. Number two, uh, we aren't certain or trust that, that the reward will come. So we don't necessarily have that belief, that faith or conviction. It's too much of a gamble, we think. You know, well, you know, this could take a lot of work and this could take a lot of time. What if it doesn't even happen? And I'm telling you, if you say that, and if you say that right from the get-go, you're already sabotaging yourself. What if it doesn't happen? That's your belief. You stating that out loud is you not believing that it is possible. So right from the get-go, before it even starts... Before you even face resistance, before you even lean into changing something, you have to have absolute belief, faith, and conviction because that is what you will lean on the whole time when it gets scary, when you enter the unknown, when there's turbulence in that transformation and journey of change. You need to fall back onto the belief, faith, and conviction that you will get through it and that you will figure it out. So from the get-go, if you're not certain... Change that vocabulary, change that belief, change that paradigm, change that perception. You know, start believing before it even starts. So that's that's one of the common reasons is that we don't believe the reward will come. Uh, number three, we fear the unknown. We can't be certain of what things will look like. We are creatures of habit and familiar routine. And don't get me wrong, there's much benefit from having a routine and, and, and positive and impactful habits. But we revert naturally to habits and to a routine. And if it's not the best routine, and if they're not the best habits, that can really be putting a hindrance on our life in a negative way so it's it's natural to fear the unknown it's scary when you don't know we like knowing it gives us that comfort it gives us that safety but to experience change to experience transformation to experience something new we can't fear that unknown in fact we have to embrace it we have to give in to that unknown we have to expect that unknown is coming there's no way around it we have to enter that new territory to experience something new we have to experience and dive into that unknown so don't let that be the reason of stopping you number four fear of failure and and i think this lives within us all at some point in our lives We're, we're scared to fail we're scared to not come out on the other side and again that's just a that's just a limiting belief and and that's really Something we can change our, our our viewpoint on instead of fear of failure, you know, put the different perspective and have the mindset of even if this doesn't work out exactly how I want it to, which usually it doesn't anyways. There's always some kind of different manifestation of it. But even if it doesn't work out the way I imagine or perfectly envision, you know, if something goes different or or if it's not even the best outcome, I guarantee you, 100%, at the minimum, you will learn a valuable lesson. You will know that, hey, you know what, I really didn't like doing that, or hey, that wasn't for me. I gave it my all, and this is the lesson I learned, and this is what I won't do moving forward. So don't let fear of failure uh, prevent you from, from moving towards that resistance. Number five, believe doing something new will lead to feeling stressed or overwhelmed. So again, if you think you're, oh, if I take this on, or if I, if I really face this thing that I'm, that I, that's uncomfortable to me, then that's got, that's just going to add more stress. That's just going to bring me overwhelm, more overwhelm in my life. I don't need any more of that. I'm already stressed. I'm already overwhelmed. And and again, you're sabotaging yourself before before we even begin. We can't we can't look at something, a new endeavor, a new goal, a new thing we want to change about ourselves with any you know it's good to it's good to look at the negative aspects of or the challenges that might come our way throughout the process it's good to see those up front so we we know that hey I, I'm gonna be faced with this and I expect to to face this and but I will get around it. But if if you're already flooding yourself with these ideas that it's gonna add more more stress, more overwhelm, it's gonna create more problems you know, we're already sabotaging ourselves before it starts. We're just giving ourselves that free pass, that free excuse to say, hey, you know what, not nah, this is going to give me stress. This is going to give me overwhelm. This is just going to cause more problems and it ain't, it ain't for me. You know? <laughs> you know, and then we'll just keep living our same life over and over. We'll keep facing the same problems over and over. We won't get through them because we'll just say, no, you know what, it's too much work to change it. It'll, it'll add too much stress. So don't sabotage yourself before diving into this stuff. And the last one is uh, is loss of control. So we fear, that, that kind of links back to the, the habits and routine and, and and how we really lean on that for that comfortable environment. And if we're doing something new and if we're entering new territories, uh, we do in a sense lose a little bit of that control But it's only the control of our routine and the control of what's normal and and really if we analyze it that is not that bad you know that's something we can get excited about that's something we can embrace and that that can bring a new adventure into our life like have the optimism that this can This loss of control isn't a bad thing. This loss of control is going to move you forward and evolve you into something better, something more that you're looking for. So those are the main natural tendencies uh, for us of why we want to turn away from resistance as soon as we're faced with it. And and that's just to bring awareness to everyone that these are 100% normal things that we all feel. And it's normal to feel these things. You're not you're not wrong to be feeling these things it's perfectly normal so just i'm just trying to shine a light of awareness on on everyone in in this matter so there is a way to combat all these all these natural fears and these natural inclinations to move away from resistance there is a very good counterpunch to it and that counterpunch is the use of emotional intelligence now, there's a good book by Daniel Goleman uh, called Emotional Intelligence, and these key points are kind of taken uh, from the ideas that he has in that book and something that I also really align with and also really try to implement in my life. So it's it's not the fact that I just read this book and, and gained this information and knowledge, but it's, it's the fact that I... I'm congruent to these teachings. I live congruently to these teachings. I try and implement them in my life. And when I do implement them successfully and continually, I do see clear results. So I'm not just saying this stuff to say it and put out content. I'm saying this stuff because it has a direct impact on my life. And I know it will have a direct impact on your life if you can implement it as well. So the first there's kind of a five-step breakdown of emotional intelligence and I'll kind of relate it to how we can use it as that counterpunch to actually move towards resistance instead of running away from that, from that discomfort and that resistance. So the first part, number one, self-awareness. As I talk about so often You're going to get sick of how much I talk about self-awareness, but it's so crucial and a key component to just understanding what's going on, understanding our emotions, understanding how, why we react to different things. Like it's literally helps us just navigate life when we improve and amplify the sensation and aspect of of self-awareness. So yeah, it helps us to understand our emotions and it helps us to control our reactions instead of just being led by those emotions, and uh, and and it and it can it, once we're self-aware, we can be confident and we can utilize our intuition instead of just making rash decisions. So in, into making decisions based on intuition is something that I'm still also working on developing. I didn't even know what the heck that was. Uh, you know, prior to really working on myself, I couldn't listen to my intuition, because I didn't even know what that was, I wasn't self aware, I didn't have the awareness of the ability to really analyze at a deeper level of, hey, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? How can this benefit me? Oh, why is this not benefiting me? And just like, it's like a flow of, Of awareness and a flow of just seeing really what's going on and all these moving pieces in my internal self it really helps me to be clear at hey I know I really understand myself I really know what makes me tick I really know why this is affecting me instead of just reacting to it Um, another key that thing that it'll help us with is it help with self-awareness it will help us to understand and see our strengths and weaknesses. And you know, some very unaware people don't really know when when they're not amazing at something and they keep trying to plow through instead of maybe improving on that weakness. And we don't just quit because you try something and it didn't work. But we're aware of why it didn't work. We're very aware of of the pieces of why it didn't work you know, what we what we did wrong, what our strengths weren't in that aspect, what we were lacking in that situation. And we can have that awareness to really improve. Now we know exactly what to target. Now we know exactly what to improve in our lives. So like I said, even if something doesn't really work out, you know, don't be scared to fail, because we're going to understand and learn what might our weaknesses be. and, And we can we can work to improve those. So yeah, self-awareness has a, has a direct impact on helping us move towards that resistance. Uh, step two in emotional intelligence is self-regulation, the ability to control emotions and impulses. This is the ability to cut off emotions such as anger, jealousy, frustration before they escalate. And usually those are the sabotaging emotions. You know, when we get angry, when we get jealous, when we get frustrated, we tend to make bad decisions and we tend to react. So if we can self-regulate these emotions, let's control them in those emotional states. And instead of kiboshing the whole thing, we can really utilize that self-regulation. Have the self-awareness and then self-regulate. Think before you act. I like to use a visual, I'm a very visual person, and I've mentioned this before, I think, but I visualize a road, like a Y intersection, and there's a left path and a right path. And I, I can do this in real time, like it's it's almost t- a timeless uh, exercise that I use in the real time, in the, in the moment, and I can see if I react to anger or jealousy or frustration and I go down that left negative path, I already know that the outcome is going to be bad. The outcome is not going to be positive. I know that my ego and my natural inclination because of a habit of acting on it so much wants me to go down that left road so badly. But I have the self-regulation and the self-awareness to also see that right path taking the right turn. And I can say, hey, if you go against the grain here and cool your jets, you know, and own own this, own whatever you're going through and cool down, cool it down, don't try to win and take this right path, your end result, your benefit is going to be so much greater. So it's this little visual tool that I've really tried to implement. And that helps me self regulate, but I can only use that with the self awareness piece, not just reacting, really saying, Oh, wow, I'm really boiled up here. Oh, wow, I really want to react this way. Oh, wow. You know, if I act that way, it's going to end bad. And then I can take the action step to go down that right path. So it's a combination of self-awareness and self-regulation. And and this can be worked on and it's a skill and you can improve on it. But it must be practiced. It doesn't just happen. And it doesn't just happen when you know about it either. You actually have to practice, implement it, turn it into a habit. So that visualization of seeing that road, seeing that Y intersection became a habit because I did it enough. Because I had enough self-awareness to understand that, hey, I need to start making some better decisions. And I need to start cooling my jets here or else I'm just reacting all the time. So yeah, that's just a little exercise that I use to help me self-regulate. So the third part of uh, the emotional intelligence is motivation. So we can use motivation to push, push past any barriers that come up. Um, and remember that episode that I talked about, delayed gratification. This delayed gratification and motivation can really go hand in hand and provide a powerful punch. They help uh, defer your immediate results for that long-term su- success. So we can shift our perspective on challenges and embrace them uh, and use motivation to push through where resistance would have stopped you before. So really looking at that delayed gratification. Hey, if I do this, oh man, is it going to be amazing on the other side and get motivated from that thought, get motivated on the possibility, get motivated on the potential of what can be, you know, that's exciting stuff and we can use motivation to push us into that resistance to help get us through. Keep leaning on motivation. What motivates you? Why do you want this? And keep leaning on that with the belief that you'll get through it. So motivation is a super powerful one. The fourth step is uh, of, of emotional intelligence is utilizing self-empathy. So I wanna explain this one a little bit. Um, first, we need to understand how we treat ourselves. Uh, and and I'll list out a couple bullet points here and try to try to see if you resonate to them at all. And if you do, then there's a good chance that you're you're not treating yourself very empathetically. You're not you're not implementing self empathy, and that can really be a, a struggle through all of this, especially when trying to experience change, when we're, when we're not, when we're really hard on ourselves, and we're not compassionate to ourselves, you know, that makes it so much more difficult. And that really gets in our head. And that can really make this whole process just really, really difficult. So here's a couple bullet points. Um, try to see if you relate to them. When I make a mistake, I tend to be very critical of myself. When I look back on my life and journey, I tend to remember the mistakes I've made rather than the successes I have had. I can be heartless, ruthless towards myself when I feel down or I'm struggling. I'm driven to achieve my goals and set very high standards for myself and those around me. So if it's difficult to decide whether those statements are, are true or not for yourself and, and you're self-analyzing them, maybe ask someone who knows you very well. Read those, read those uh, four bullet points to them and if they say, yeah, that's really aligned with you, then there's a good chance that you're really not practicing and implementing that self-empathy. And... And and many of us, and this is including myself, because this is also something I'm working on. Just because I talk about this stuff doesn't mean that I'm going through that I'm not going through this stuff either. I actually enjoy talking about the struggles that I'm going through because it, it helps me along with them too. I literally listen back to these podcast episodes and implement the stuff I say. And and it's always a reminder when I get off path a bit. I listen to these episodes and I actually implement this stuff and it works. So again, I'm dealing, you know, I'm very hard on myself too. And I'm realizing that this not being empathetic towards myself makes this whole process of change and transformation so much harder. Like I am agreeing with that. And this information is for myself as well. Um, and, and my belief is if I, and this is the belief that I, I, I tend to latch on. And my belief is I become less critical and, and ease off at any point. My drive will slip away. That's my belief, my limiting belief, because how how the heck do I know that's true? I don't. I'm just formulating some m- magical belief that doesn't benefit me. So I'm, I'm actively working on deconstructing that because uh, because I don't want this limiting belief. And I I, I think that if I take the, gap, the pedal off sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lose that, you know, and I just need to accept that and br- embrace it and move into that and remove that limiting belief. So... We need to improve ourselves on an internal level, care for ourselves, and be compassionate for ourselves. If we find it really difficult to do this, then practice empathy towards other people because caring for others makes it easier to love and forgive ourselves because we see the benefits it has on the other people. And we see the benefits that it gives to us when we're empathetic towards those people. So if we have a really difficult time doing it on ourselves, first start to practice on other people. That'll kind of start the habit, start the motion of, hey, there's some benefit behind us. We'll see that and it'll feel good. And once it feels good, well, again, we'll, we'll, we'll make the connection and say, hey, this can, this can maybe benefit me too. And again, ensure this process is genuine. Compassion for others can really only be genuine if we understand and are compassionate and empathetic towards ourselves. So let's let's make sure it's genuine and then practice that within ourselves. Because if we're just doing it and we're not compassionate to ourselves at all, well, is that really genuine? So it's kind of a double-edged sword. We, we, we need to do it to other people. You know. We also need to understand the concept and, and also at some level be doing it to ourselves as well. So yeah, that was, um, that was utilizing self-empathy. So the last key piece to emotional intelligence is the social skills. And social skills is also something we can improve on. And brushing up on these skills might be necessary to help push past our resistance to change. So think about how easy it is to talk get along or create relationships with people who have a real who have really good social skills uh, compared to someone who might be socially awkward you know it's tough to make that connection and really tough to understand and feel someone else out um, and listen to them if they're socially awkward and don't you know it's it's just not a clean connection it's hard to communicate it's hard to form that link that bond so this can help you form connections and relationships that could be very helpful while entering the unknown or new territories. So those were the five kind of basic steps, key points behind emotional intelligence. And again, that emotional intelligence is that counterpunch to resistance, to moving into resistance. So if we use all those five tools that will really help us lean in and move into that discomfort and that resistance, which will ultimately lead us to transformation and change and growth or something new in our lives. Um, And I'll just give a couple quick examples how resistance has helped me progress in my life. Um, so my whole journey kind of started of wanting something new, I guess, would start when I, when I really got into real estate and the journey of, of what I went through to, to embrace and enter that unknown and enter new territory that really built some confidence in myself knowing, Hey, you know, you can figure stuff out. You can go down a path that you haven't been before and come out the other side. You know, that's pretty cool. So I'll, I'll, I'll go over the steps that I did in that real estate, uh, process but the piece that I was actually missing was the emotional intelligence part so because of all the information and education that I did on it I pretty much utilized most of the steps uh, except for the emotional intelligence part really or for for a couple parts of it the self-regulation and uh, I guess self-awareness part weren't really built in me when I made that When i made that journey and i'll talk a little bit how that affected me so first i had to shift my perspective in any change or any new scenario we go into we need to shift our perspective Uh, my my initial perspective on real estate was it's a place to live it's a place where you create a home and you you settle down and i bought my first house uh in alignment with that You know and uh, so I had to shift my perspective into hey there's a there's a different venture here with real estate you can make some money you can uh, you can create some wealth with it so first I had to shift my perspective second I had to take aligned action to this new perspective so that new action was okay I don't know anything about this so I need to educate myself with books and audios I I just flooded my, my brain with with other people's knowledge who have already done this and then the third part third step uh from most of those audios and books they they were telling me to surround myself with like-minded people with the network of people who are doing this so i joined rain the real estate investment network the fourth step um i did use social skills to make connections so again i linked the social skills as we just talked about to make connections and talk to people who have done it uh, the fifth step, I used those relationships to to lean on for advice, to guide me through the unknown because I've never been there before. My parents didn't invest in real estate. None of my friends even owned a house. I was, I was the only one out there. I had no one to lean on that I knew. So I had to surround myself with people who were doing it. Uh, sixth step, I used motivation to see the futuristic reward, that delayed gratification. So again, leaning on that motivation. Uh, and number seven, manage my emotions while entering the unknown. And this was the part that I struggled with. And, and I think right when I was we were doing the transition, we had to go stay at Jess's parents' house because they were in Australia and it kind of worked out between selling my first house and getting our other one renovated um, that we were moving into, we stayed at her parents' house. And there was a lot of conflict there. You know, that was a really bad time in our relationship. And I, I wasn't able to manage my emotions. I didn't have the right steps, the right tools to be aware, to self-regulate, right? So I I didn't have that awareness. I didn't have all this knowledge. I wasn't necessarily utilizing self-empathy by taking it easy on myself. Really, all that I leaned on was the motivation, the social skills, and, uh, and 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 yeah, that, those were the two. So so with that, you know, if I implemented the other ones, the other steps of self-awareness, self-regulation, self-empathy, I really would have been better off, a lot better off. So again, learning all this stuff, I I, I, I used it going forward in my other ventures, in my other endeavors. And uh, but yeah, if I if I didn't move into that initial resistance, even in, with that real estate. Uh, venture, um, I, I, honestly don't know where my life would be, you know, if I didn't take that leap, if I didn't stick to it, I honestly don't know wh- what my life would be like, I don't know if I would have gone on this path, I don't know if I would have, uh, dove into personal development and really changed my life around, really amplified the self-awareness, get to know myself, understand how all this stuff works, and, and man, I, I'm just blown away by thinking about it, um, and it's crazy to think if I didn't leap into that real estate venture, where would I be now? So I'm really glad that I did. And I'm really glad that I leaned into that resistance of trying something new. So pulling something off that uh, that went against my old perception gave me the confidence that I could do that with other things in my life as well. So I wanted to be financially free in the future but that wasn't going to just happen i had to lean into that resistance the unknown the fear of the failure the fear of failure potentially more stress loss of control all those things i had to accept that those are, could happen but on the other side you know there's there's potential for growth there's potential for something new and i'm really thankful that, that i did it but after the real estate move um, i decided to use that that confidence i built within myself proving I could take these new actions in other areas of my life. So I really used them in, in, in other aspects such as uh, changing unwanted behavior traits and personality traits. Like I mentioned before, I really had to work on my grumpiness. Uh, the fact that I was really judgmental, selfish, closed-minded. I had so many limiting beliefs. And these five steps of emotional intelligence You know, and moving into that resistance. Those five steps really helped me lean into that because through all those things, through changing all those behavior traits, that was scary, man. I've never been there before. I had to move into the unknown. I was scared of I was scared of the unknown. I was scared of change. I was scared of what people would think. I believed it would be more work. I thought I'd be more stressed. I I thought I'd lose I, I I would have that loss of control. But I faced it anyways, and man, am I glad I did it. And it's also helped me to enter endeavors like meditation, knowing myself on a deeper level, becoming more spiritual, all things of which I would have never faced before, never gone into because it was different from what I had done. You know, it's helped me find my, what fulfills me. It's helped me, align me to my passions, my purpose, this podcast. I'm discovering all these from using the same principles, from leaning into the resistance and not pushing it away or avoiding discomfort. I'm literally using these emotional intelligence skills in every area of my life. And it's the only way to face it. It's the only way to help you in resistance. There's no easy button. I continually scale my thinking and once you level up to the next level, you can achieve greater feats and believe believe it's attainable because you've seen the tangible results once you've got to the other side. To scale my thinking and to believe in new possibilities, unfortunately, I'm telling you, there's no way around some sort of resistance or discomfort, so we need to move into it. That is our compass for change. It's time to stop running from resistance. Instead, use it as our compass that is leading us to change. New results, transformations, and goals are not handed to us on a silver platter. If you're afraid to lose your status, lack belief in the, in, in the final result, fear the unknown, fear failure, fear loss of control, believe that it's gonna be more stress or create more problems. Just understand that that's 100% normal, that you're experiencing that and feeling that. That is normal. That's normal, but it is not an excuse to succumb to the resistance. Instead, utilize emotional intelligence, the five steps of emotional intelligence we talked about today, to lead you and guide you through the resistance, those five powerful components of self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, self-empathy, and social skills will help you blast through resistance begin to spot your areas of resistance today and face them head on and you will surrender your average life thank you so much for listening and i hope everyone has an amazing day see ya.